I want kids to take away that um, their their parents love them and that the boundaries we set um, are really there for their safety. You know, a lot of kids think mom and dad just are, they don't know what they're talking about. They're, you know, too overprotective. No. Boundaries are there for a reason. Uh, they look for boundaries, uh, whether they know they're looking for them or not. So the takeaway for this is, is healthy boundaries. You're listening to Shannon Mokri, a children's book author from Austin, Texas, discussing her latest project, Bubbles and the Shark Attack. She's our guest today on the podcast. Shannon, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. Hi, Randy. Glad to be here. And how's the weather today out in Austin, Texas? Cold. We seem to have uh, two seasons here, hot and not hot. (laughs) We're stuck in the not hot. Yeah. Usually Austin is uh, pretty hot, so... What temperature is uh, is it down there? Well, I haven't checked this morning, um, but it's been stuck in the 40s, and it's supposed to get even colder. Wow, that is I, cold for Texas. It is, and we went from um, 70s, 80s earlier in the week down to 40s on Thursday. Wow, that's a big, big change. Yeah, well, what we say around here is if you don't wait, like the weather, wait 10 minutes. makes sense and um as far as uh austin are the bats still doing okay down there the ones that fly out from under the bridge every night they've been moving around to different bridges over the years i've been here for about 20 years and they're not under the exactly the same bridges that they were when i first got here but we have more bridges so they have lots of places to go excellent Yep, I was uh, in Austin once and got to see some bats, so that was pretty cool. It's pretty amazing if you get the opportunity to watch them. So, Shannon, before we get started, I just want to say thank you for being on the show today. I really appreciate it. I'm excited to be here. So, how did you come up with the idea for Bubbles and the Shark Attack? Well, I was uh, getting up in the middle of the night with my then four-year-old, and I am pretty blind. And I didn't want to put my glasses on to read a story. So I started telling my daughter uh, a series of stories about a dragon named Bubbles. The idea was a dragon is ferocious enough to keep her safe in her dreams. But if he blows bubbles, he's not scary for her at all. Uh, I had to get a little creative with that. (laughs) (laughs) And then I'll be honest, um, the stories themselves were a little bit of payback. Um, if she was going to get me up in the middle of the night, I was going to make her brain work for it. <laughs> so each of the Bubbles books um, teach a lesson, give her something for her little mind to uh, work over. So Bubbles and the Shark Attack is actually book number two. And it came about because her older sisters were watching a shark document- documentary right before bed. And I should have known better. <laughs> But clearly that was bothering her at our 2 a.m. story time session. Yep, sounds like it would. So we ended up with a story about um, sharks. Um, But I want to emphasize, even though it's bubbles in the shark attack, no one actually gets attacked. (laughs) 
is no bloodshed. Just bubbles. Just bubbles. Lots of bubbles. And growing up, were you always into creative writing or did it develop later on? I was always into creative writing. Uh, I wrote my first real creative piece uh, when I was nine years old. It should have been a fairly dry um, story, uh, history lesson. Um, that would not do for me. Uh, our assignments were um, take a computer-generated model and write a story about it. And I wrote a story, all right. <laughs> Everyone got its uh, own little piece, and it, it did have a sad ending for a nine-year-old. Uh, I milked that for all it was worth. <laughs> And then it just went from there. My teachers gave me a lot of encouragement. Even if the assignments were not exactly as they intended, they did their best to encourage me on my creative writing path. Oh, that's really good. And as a kid, did you have any authors or stories that you particularly admired? I wouldn't say any specific authors. I read anything that had to do with horses. If there was a horse involved, I read it. I was a bit of an odd child, though, because I read pretty much anything that was in the house, including some pretty heavy anthologies that my dad had in the way of history books. Oh, wow. That's definitely a rarity. I don't know too many kids that are reading anthologies. Anthologies, biographies, you name it, I was reading it. By the age of 12, a thousand-page book was not an obstacle to me. Wow. Yep. So that probably translated well into uh, helping you write too. It did. Um, by high school, I was doing translations from Old English uh, and reading books in the original form and could carry on a pretty decent conversation with my instructors about the um, history behind them. That gave me a good foothold into uh, what creative writing has looked like through the centuries. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a good perspective. So tell me about your writing routine. Do you like to write in coffee shops or a quiet living room? How do you like to write? Well, most of my stories come to me at the oddest, uh, most inconvenient places, like the middle of the night. I tend to write after my children go to bed in the evening. I do my editing and other um, book-related activities as I find time throughout the day. But the majority of my writing takes place after my children go to bed. Yep, that makes sense. Quiet time. Yeah. And there's something about I have to put it away in five minutes that just makes the creative juices flow. <laughs> yep, funny how that works. So, Shannon, uh, what inspires you to continue writing? The smiles on the children's faces when they get a new book. And when they hear about my dragon and the story behind it, there's just nothing like a small child's joy in something you've made up. Do you typically uh, read to schools or libraries? Um, how do you interact with your audience? A variety of ways. I have been to some uh, local private schools. I'm trying to get my foot in the door to more locations. Mostly, though, I'm at a local farmer's market every week. And I make regular appearances at our local half-price bookstores. Excellent. And did you have any mentors that helped you along your writing journey? 
I did. Um, there's a somewhat local author um, named Angela Castillo, who happens to be a good friend of one of my closest friends. So even though we didn't know each other before, she put the two of us together and she's really uh, helped encourage me, talked me through the things that I was most worried about and um, just been there for any question I have along the way. So let's talk about Bubbles and the Shark Attack. Tell me about the premise of the book and what it's all about. So Bubbles and the Shark Attack is about um, Bubbles, the bubble blowing dragon and his two best friends, Princess Charlotte and Prince Vash, who, by the way, are my daughter and my nephew. And they are exploring their world as children will do. In this um, particular book, I have them going to the beach and they're warned several times about what their boundaries are. As parents, when we take our children, whether it's the beach or the park or pretty much anywhere, um, it's important to set boundaries so the kids know uh, where they can go and where they need to be at all times. Well, what happens a lot of those times is if our kids get with friends, the boundaries we've given them kind of disappear in the backs of their minds or in one ear and out the other. And I was using this story to kind of get past that in ear out the other uh, mentality and really get it into their minds that no matter where I'm at or who I'm with, the boundaries stay the same. So they go to the beach and they're warned several times that there are sharks out in the deep water, but they start playing with a group of mermaids. Mermaids have different rules than children do. So the mermaids don't think anything of swimming in deep water. And even though they know sharks are there, they know they can get away. Our two children don't have those same abilities. So they get out in the deep water and they can't get away. Thankfully, they have a bubble blowing dragon who saves the day. He blows a bunch of bubbles under the water and they crest over the top of the sharks and to safety. And what I frequently ask children when I'm telling this story is, do you have a bubble blowing dragon Cause, friend? Because I'd really like to meet him. If you don't, then what you need to remember is no matter how cool your friends are or how much you want to do all the same things they do, if your parents have told you you need to not be there, then you need to find a safe or an effective way to not go to those places. And mom and dad generally have a reason for setting those boundaries. That makes sense. So the sharks are kind of just an illustration of the fact that there are things out there. And even if your friends are not afraid of those things, you still need to uh, respect those boundaries. Yep. Makes sense. And how would you describe your typical reader out there? What is their age group? They uh, range from three to nine, which is a fairly large range. The three-year-olds really like the bubble-blowing dragon. They really like that one-on-one time with mom and dad reading a story. The mermaids help. The nine-year-olds love the illustrations. They love the deeper meaning behind the story, the conversations they can have with mom and dad about the different topics that, that come up throughout the book. I don't water my language down a great deal. So my stories are usually written for the higher end as far as um, the words that are used, but it's never done in such a way that the younger kids don't understand what's going on. 
That makes sense. Teachers frequently tell me that the book could be good for uh, an even wider range going all the way up to age 12, especially if they could talk their counselors into reading it to the classrooms. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm not going to push the market that far and say that it's for 12-year-olds. Three to nine is a nice age range. Families that have older kids and younger kids, I encourage them to let the older kid read the story to the younger kid. Mom and dad should read the story to the younger kid. I try to emphasize, though, that the books really are not intended just to hand to a child and say, here, go read this, because you're losing out on so much opportunity to engage with your child on a more deep and meaningful way when you do that. Sure, that's good advice. So on everything I write has a deeper meaning. Uh, I write everything with whimsy and purpose, which is why that's the name of my blog. The whimsy is pretty obvious, the dragons, the fairies, the uh, mermaids. Um, The purpose is the lesson behind the stories. Like I said, this one is teaching kids about boundaries and staying within those boundaries. Previous books have been about conflict resolution and forgiveness. Um, I have a middle grade book that teaches kids about how when you keep secrets, it makes it dif- difficult to trust people around you. Uh, the de- really deeper meaning on that is when kids start stop trusting the people around them, they become more isolated. And isolated kids are much more prone to falling prey to bad people in the world or bad situations or depression, all of which we want to avoid with our teenagers, but as a growing an escalating issue with our um, young preteens. So I, I do my best when I'm selling my books and when I have the opportunity to interact is to encourage the adults to actually use the book to interact with their children, find out what they're thinking, uh, what they think is going on in the book and how that might apply to the real life. Excellent. Yeah, that's a really good takeaway. So tell me about your illustrator. Oh, she's amazing. Her name is Callan Clark, and she is a young lady from a um, small community outside of Austin called Bastrop, and she got connected with me. She does everything by hand, so all of the illustrations are hand-drawn with colored pencil and gone over with Sharpie, so it makes the colors really pop, and she was 18 when we did our first book together. So I think that's pretty amazing. Yeah, sure is. So currently she's working on book number three. Um, That's Bubbles and the Big Race, and that'll be out this fall. She was super excited to work with me on this project, which is part of the fun is I love working with someone who's as passionate about my characters and my books as I am. Absolutely. Yeah, that really makes it a lot easier. Currently, she's in college, and uh, art is not her, I guess it's not the name of her um, degree, but she's certainly doing a lot of art and taking a lot of classes to um, continue to develop her craft while she's there. And that's nice to hear that you're um, continually engaging her with your books for each new one. Yes, she's put a lot of effort into the character's I love, love, love what she does. I can't stress that enough. It's, she's just a phenomenal artist. And she rises to each new ta- challenge that I throw at her. <laughs> awesome. 
So Shannon, I know you went through and, and talked about kind of the messages um, within your books, but with Bubbles and the Shark Attack, is there a specific item that you'd like your readers to take away from that book? Specifically, I want kids to take away that um, their, their parents love them and that the boundaries we set um, are really there for their safety. You know, a lot of kids think mom and dad just are, they don't know what they're talking about. They're, you know, too overprotective. No. Boundaries are there for a reason. Uh, they look for boundaries, uh, whether they know they're looking for them or not. So the takeaway for this is is healthy boundaries. Absolutely. And I think that that message goes for grownups and children. I sure hope so. <laughs> so... Uh, what advice would you give to the younger version of yourself who's just starting out as a writer? Keep writing. Just keep writing. It doesn't matter what life throws at you. Take five, ten minutes every day and write something. doesn't matter what it is. Yep, that's really good advice. So I went through phases where I wrote poetry. I've written some really dark things that will never see the light of day. Because <laughs> if you can tell by talking to me, that's not who I am. But at different points in life, emotions need to find an outlet. And a piece of paper is a good outlet. Uh, I would say a piece of paper, take a journal with you everywhere. It's probably a better outlet than a computer or your phone. Because it's much easier to throw away <laughs> if it's something that really needs to not be seen by anyone else. But continue to write whether it's something personal or something for the world to see later, you can't grow as a writer if you're not writing. Yep. Excellent point. And I know that you mentioned uh, bubbles in the big race. Uh, what other projects are you currently working on? I'm pretty excited that I have a series coming out that teaches kids about not letting others dim their light and to um, shine as bright as they can. The first one of that is called The Little Pink Elephant. And I will actually have that out in the next couple months. It's self-illustrated. Uh, and I want to make sure my illustrations are up to the right quality level before I present it to the world. But it's a cute little story about an elephant that loves to sing and dance. And everyone keeps trying to hush her and make her less than she is. And... She finally comes to the point where she just comes out and says, I've tried being quiet. Instead of hushing me, join me. And when other people around her join her, instead of trying to dim her light, the whole world is a happier place. That's a powerful message. I kind of came up with that, um, a couple of different things. Uh, my youngest daughter is a great source of inspiration for me. <laughs> And I was teaching her art and she drew a pink elephant and I'm doing what I just said was telling you. I'm trying to write every day, even when I'm not sure what I'm writing about. And so I wrote a little story about a little pink elephant and that started a whole little series. I have, I'm going to have um, a green Fox and a purple porcupine. And um, so a whole little series and the underlying message behind each of them is you may be different, but that doesn't mean your light can't shine. Excellent. Yeah, I like to hear that. 
I kind of felt like that myself growing up. I was a little different from everyone else. As you heard before, I was reading those really thick books at a very young age. Just because I'm a little different doesn't mean that my uh, light shouldn't shine just as bright as everyone else's. That's absolutely right. I agree. So where can readers buy your book? So my books are uh, widely distributed. They're on Amazon. Um, They're on barnesandnoble.com. Um, I sell them directly for people who want an autographed copy on Etsy and people can find me in a variety of places uh, locally here in Austin. And by the way, we've got your website linked up on the creative writing magic website and our Twitter feed. Thank you. I appreciate that. Sure thing. And Shannon, before we close the show, is there anything else you'd like to share? Uh, I just want to let the uh, listeners know if you've got a, creative um, little one to make sure you introduce as many different creative outlets to them as, as you possibly can. Even if you're not a creative person yourself, you never know how far one of those things will take your child. And it's an amazing opportunity to give a child. Absolutely. That's a really good message. Okay. So that's all the time we have for today. Shannon, thanks so much for being a guest of the show. Thank you for having me. This has been great. And thank you, listener. You make this all possible. If you like this podcast, feel free to support us on Patreon and consider subscribing. The link to Patreon is in the description. Also, if you're an aspiring writer and would like to learn more about writing coaching services and story outline coaching services, contact us on the Creative Writing Magic website. Also, be sure to subscribe to the email newsletter to receive email notifications when new episodes are available. And as always, thanks so much for listening. Stay inquisitive, support the arts, and keep creating. Bye for now.